Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Employee to Boss podcast. I'm your host, Haley Hayhurst, the owner of Espresso Podcast Production. Today, I'm speaking with a really amazing guest. Her name is Ronit Plank. Ronit is my client. We've been working together for two years now, and we have worked on three of her podcasts together. I helped her launch two of them, and then when we started working together, she already had a podcast. So Ronit is a writer, speaker, and podcaster. We talk about really how she got into writing. She used to be an actor and thought she wanted to write fiction, but just last year, she she released her first book, which was a memoir called When She Comes Back, which is incredible, by the way. Ronit has been published in The Atlantic, Washington Post, The New York Times, Writer's Digest, and so many other places. It's just incredible. Like I said, when we started working together, she was the host of the And Then Everything Changed podcast. She interviewed people about those pivotal moments in their life that changed who they are. Then she decided to launch two limited series podcasts. One was called The Body Myth and the other was called Let's Talk Memoir. These were two different topics, but we were running them at the same time. So each one has about 14 episodes that you can go listen to now, and she's thinking of bringing one of them back. So very, very exciting. But we talk about how she interviews, how she's had all these opportunities in life. Like I said, she used to be an actor. So the way that she got her education in writing, the way that she's presented herself as a writer, the way that she hasn't taken no as an answer, it's really, really fascinating for me to hear. We also talk about how her podcast helped her get a publisher for her book. You know, that these two things go hand in hand, but when you think about it, like they are very different, writing and speaking. And so when she was looking for a publisher, she found one. And when they saw that she had a podcast, they were like, oh my gosh, this is just incredible. Like, we want to work with you. And so it gave her all these new opportunities. Of course, she's worked very, very hard. And one one opportunity led to the next. And, you know, she's just an amazing, powerful woman. We're both located in Seattle. We met one time. We definitely need to get coffee again soon. But yeah, like I said, we've been working together for two years. She was, I believe, my third client that I ever had, my third or fourth. And I love working with my clients for a long period of time. It builds a connection between us. And like I said, we've only met once in person, but we talk all the time. Like, I I don't know, something about Roni just... I love her. She's just incredible. And I'm just so thankful to be working with her to help her create these amazing podcasts. I help her with the marketing. I help her with the graphic creation and, of course, the podcast production side. And so she talks about this a little bit, but she said that she wouldn't have launched the last two podcasts if it wasn't for, you know, the help I provided her, which just really makes me so happy because these two podcasts that she just launched are amazing. So definitely check out Ronit. Go connect with her on Instagram or LinkedIn. She's mainly on Instagram. Go check out her reels. I love them. But this episode was so fun and it was really nice for me to hear all about how she became who she is. You know, it's hard in this online space to like deeply connect with people. And that's what I love most about podcasting. 
of course you can grow your network, but you can also grow the connections that you already have. And that's why I am obsessed with podcasting. So let's get right into this episode with my amazing client, Ronit Plank. Hey, Ronit. Thank you so much for joining me on the Employee to Boss podcast. It's such a pleasure to talk to you always. Oh, I'm so glad to do this with you. We've been talking and working together for, I think, a year or something like that, around a year. And to do this with you on your platform and for what you do with your work and your podcasting is a pleasure. The way we met was actually so interesting. I think it's been longer than a year because we met or I reached out to you um, on your one year. It was on your one year anniversary of the And Then Everything Changed podcast. Yes. And the the place where you found, where we found each other, it was like, what was that thing? I don't ever get messages from them anymore. (laughs) That was the only time I ever used it. (laughs) Me too. And you were like, hi, I, you know, I forgot. I do podcast stuff. You know, you know, this is really great. The approach because I get those kinds of approaches a lot, especially on LinkedIn, where people come Mm -hmm. on really strong and private messages and stuff. And they make assumptions about what you're what you're doing and what you want out of your business. And I'm not like a lot of other businesses because I'm not trying to sell a whole bunch of different things right. and that there's no problem with that model, but it's just different for me. And so I don't have the same needs and I had not trusted another person with my podcast really, except for some big production company I had hired. And so I was ready to make a change and you reached out and I must have picked up something in the way that you wrote the message and in your energy and just the way that you were open-ended about it. And so I responded and we started talking and I gave you more and more jobs as time went on. And then boom, we've been working together for more than a year. Yeah, no, it's awesome. And this was like right when I was first starting my business. So I would love (laughs) to go back and see what I actually sent you because this was like, maybe like, four months into owning my own business. So it was probably an interesting message. It, for sure. it was really, I don't know. It was just the right place, the right yeah. time, the right yeah, person. And and I guess I, I am having a really hard time with time itself. I cannot believe how quickly it's going by, which is why I think it was only a year when it was definitely longer because you've been in this new position for a while, a while now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We've done three podcasts together. So <laughs> I can't lady, Rodie. <laughs> Well, honestly, you know, and I I really want to shout out to all the great work you do, because I would not have taken on those two other limited series had you not been available to help me. I just wasn't going to do that. I mean, I could if I wanted to spend all my time post-production and creating graphics and making sure the workflow is efficient. But I mean, if that's all I had to do in my life, but I was so happy to give you more and more responsibility and our workflow was great. Yeah. We work really well together. Well, thank yeah. you for saying yeah. that. That's so yeah. sweet of you. It's true. Let's talk about what you do. Let's talk about how you became an author and how you do your freelance writing. And I also want you to talk about how you used to be an actor. Okay. Okay. So I, you know, can be really long-winded for some reason. Every time we talk, I'm completely, I don't know. I want to tell everything to you. And so then I end up saying really dumb things and too many things. (laughs) So I remember when we met in person, I was like, blah, 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 blah. And my daughter was, my teenage daughter looked at me like, what was that mom? So, um, I don't know what it is. I think I just get so excited to talk with you. And so if I'm going too long, let me know. So, okay. Uh, short, short version is that I started, my professional life as an actor. So I went to college in New York. I'm from New York mostly. 
And I thought, let me just pursue acting. So I did acting off off Broadway, acting classes with really good teachers like Alfred Molina and Uta Hagen and others in Manhattan, working with theater companies. And then I moved to LA and was still acting. I worked with Tim Robbins Theater, the Actors Gang, and I got to do some independent films. I did a commercial or two. I did theater. And then I got married and I had my first kid and we moved to Seattle and I took a break from theater it wasn't really something I could do. My husband really needed me to be the primary caregiver. And then when my second child was born, I started getting this idea about writing. And my sister, who's younger than me and is a TV writer and a movie writer, she said, why don't you write? She'd been saying it for a long time. And I just, I don't know, I never saw myself that way. I saw myself as someone who needed to be on stage, center stage with the attention on me. And writing seemed so different from that. Though I had written a little bit for the theater, some shows like sketches. And I did improv in LA too. So I started taking a writing class at the UW, University of Washington. I didn't even know if I was going to do nonfiction or fiction. I literally wrote to the fiction teacher who I'd never met. And I said, I, how do I know what I want to work on? And he sort of wrote me back and said, well, this is this, and this is that. I mean, I really did not know. And I started with a fiction class on Tuesday evenings. Um, It was like an extension program. It was a nine month program. And I, I wrote some short stories for the first time ever, which I think my friends who were writers said that I probably was able to draw from my writing, my acting experience, my stage experience, my understanding of, you know, maybe story and mood and things like that. And my, maybe my ear for dialogue. And so I got some stories published and then I took a second year of fiction writing there. And then I took a nonfiction writing year and I started publishing essays. And then I went to graduate school, a a distance learning, which was a low residency program in Oregon at Pacific University. While I had my kids, I would just go twice a year for 10 days. I got my master's in nonfiction and I produced this memoir draft and wrote the memoir, fixed it up. And my first book was When She Comes Back, which came out last May and um, gone on to, it's gone on to get some finalist, you know, notes, like it's several contests have named it a finalist. It's an independently published book, meaning it's not with one of the giant publishing houses, but I have a publisher and I know we'll probably talk about that a little bit because I know you wanted to talk about how I was able to get publishing going. But prior Mm -hmm. to the book, I did publish essays, short stories um, in magazines and anthologies. And I got my articles published in the Atlantic, the Washington Post, Huffington Post, Scary Mommy, a bunch of other places. And my next book is a short story collection, which won an award for women over 40. And that's due out a little bit later this year. How exciting. You're actually the first writer that I've talked to on this podcast. And I'm just like so excited to have this conversation with you because everything you just said, like I went to school for journalism and I Mm -hmm. thought that I was going to be like on TV news and then Mm -hmm. decided that wasn't my path. So I switched over to more of like social media writing. I worked for a magazine for a little bit, but nothing to the extent that you've done. And I'm super curious to hear, like, how did you get these connections? How did you gain these leads? Like for you to be published in Huffington Post and all of these amazing sources, like, how did you 
come about yeah yeah and i should mention too that now one of my best like my biggest dreams came true is that i'm a nonfiction editor at a literary magazine so i handle the nonfiction with another woman and that's been great too because i always wanted to be in that position where i could help curate a collection and figure out what needs to come to press so Okay, I will say that I could have predicted none of this. I never thought I was going to do any of this. And I didn't even realize how much I loved writing until I started doing it. So it did take me by surprise. You, you might meet writers who will tell you that they were writing in third grade, that they always knew they wanted to be a poet or to write books. And that was not me. I never considered it. I majored in sociology because I thought English was a waste of time, which is so funny because if I could go back, I'd do English. So I would say the first connection I made were, were, you know, I sent work out blind. It's, I literally just sent to the New Yorker. I sent to literary magazines and I was, I was fearless because I think all my years of auditioning pretty much uh, gave me sort of this um, drive and this fearlessness about putting myself, I mean, I got rejected in front of my face. People would say, thank you, that's an offer. <laughs> thank you, next, to my face. And so to send out a story was scary but not totally. And I always felt that I, I feel like tenacity is a big part of it because I would I met writers that I was coming up with who would ask me how I have the courage to send out to places. But, you know, I'm an actor. I'm a presenter. Obviously, I love to talk and I don't mind announcing my presence in the world. And that's probably the, the thread between all the stuff that I do is that I don't mind taking my space and I've learned to do that more and more. And so really the New Yorker sent me a rejection, but they wrote back with a very positive rejection. And I was like, see, it's worth doing this. And so then with the Huffington Post, I sent it, I sent it blind. Like when I say that, I just sent it in to the slush pile, got out of the slush pile. I sent my first biggest piece was in Salon, salon.com. And that was about raising my child who had some health issues. And that was the first big name I got. And then I wrote something about helping kids with climate anxiety and the, the Washington Post wanted it. All these places, the Atlantic, I sent in this ish, you know, this article about watching Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh in wild, wild country, which is what my memoir is about. And they wanted it. So it's really a time. It's again, like how you and I met. It has a lot to do with time and place. And what I found was that the the big editors, the big magazines, if they want your stuff, they will get back to you within an hour or two. With mm -hmm. literary magazines, they're very overworked and it can take months and months and months, sometimes a year to hear back. Yeah, and so, you know, and for, you have more journalism experience than I do, but the pieces I've written lately have been a little bit more for, you know, with journalism where I interview a lot of people and I get re resources and I, you know, give advice and through the people that I've interviewed, experts and stuff. But in terms of podcasting too, that's been connecting with people and, and making inroads socially. I mean, I think that the way that I have been able to embrace social media when I used to not like it, the way that I've been able to meet other writers and podcasters when I used to be a little more guarded is because I realized that the generosity, the generosity that you approach others with is what will come back to you. And so that's really, you know, and also it is also confidence, right? You have to have another enough confidence to say, you know, I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to ask this person to be my guest. I, I'm just going to do it. And I got some names that I, for my latest podcast that I was really excited about mm -hmm. that when people saw they were my podcast guests, 
on social, they, they said, congratulations, how did you get him? Or, oh my gosh, big time, you know, and you know, you just have to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to start growing your business rapidly in a really fun way? Do you want to increase your visibility and profits? I have just the thing for you. My course, Great Guesting, How to Grow Your Business Through Being a Podcast Guest is now available and it's guaranteed to get you on podcasts. Do you want to connect with more clients, share your story, make stronger connections, and grow your audience? But do you find that you're second guessing yourself, are indecisive on a topic because you're into so many things, and thinking, is this even possible? You'll love this step-by-step guide on how to be a podcast guest. We go over six lessons that are knowing your story, narrowing down the topic, finding podcasts to be on, setting up your audio, preparing to record, and of course, marketing, because that's what I'm all about. Being a guest can be fun, but if you don't have a plan to go with it, you're really just spending the hour talking. You're not moving your business forward. And that's exactly what this course is designed to teach you. You can find this course on my website at Espresso Podcast Production. And I guarantee you that you will be a guest on podcasts in no time. Totally. You just have to ask. And I think that's super important. I want to talk about also like as you were writing your book, you had your podcast and then everything changed. And like you're saying now, I mean, I love podcasting because of all the people I've connected with through my own podcast, through my clients' podcast. Like I've grown my network so much in genuine ways just from my podcast. But you were writing a book and you had the show. Yeah. And you're a mom. And you, you know, we're doing other things because obviously you have to make money and you can't, you know, like, yeah, I was teaching too. I, you know, I used to teach a little more consistently. And so, yeah, I mean, the thing about the podcast. So again, you helped me greatly because you helped me with the post-production and the editing and the stuff that would then take another hour or so for me for each episode, even more. And so that made it possible. Now, I, I didn't have a giant plan when I went into it. I had done a podcast with another production company where I was a co-host and that was my like entry into the podcasting world. And I really liked it. It was very chatty and very personality forward. And I wanted to try something where I shine the light on other people. And so that's what And Then Everything Changed was about. And it was really about how do people learn to survive? How do people build resilience? And and not in that way that's very catchphrasy, I hope. I, not in that way that everyone is using in terms of buzzwords. You know, it, the truth is those things are really powerful. Vulnerability, resilience. Um, I know. know some of your episodes literally had me in tears while I was editing. Like they oh. were very powerful. Oh, I, you know, I'm so happy to hear that, which I know is a weird thing to say, but I, I'm happy to hear that because, you know, you make these things and you hope there's a reaction. And, and, you see people are downloading them and you don't know who everyone is. And then then when you compare yourself as a podcaster to giant shows who get, you know, whatever, millions of downloads, you can feel really tiny and, you know, inconsequential. But then when you hear from people, which I'll occasionally get a message or I would get these reviews and I'm like, wow, that's like someone's listening to this beyond my family. And it's amazing, right, that people find the work that you put out. And so I ended up doing a lot of interviews with uh, guests that had written books. And I didn't mind doing that at all. That was fun because it started to meld my interest in writing with my interest in podcasting. Mm -hmm. And that's what gave me the idea, especially when my memoir was coming out. So 
let me see. My memoir was a draft when I was doing and then everything changed, but I was still waiting for a publishing deal. I didn't have a master plan like, let me do this and this will help me when my book comes out. But it did help me because when the publisher I eventually hooked up with saw that I had a podcast, that was a giant plus in my favor. And she was really impressed with that. And that I think made me sort of a shoe in because I was able to say, look, I'm part of She Podcasts. I'm part of this community of writers. I have this many people who are listening to my podcast. And it just shows also that you're really comfortable speaking and connecting. You're comfortable making community and being out there with your product, whether it's a book or something else. A podcast shows that you're taking full ownership of your identity in a way, you know? Yeah, yeah. totally. And it kind of rounds out your brand too. Like you're a writer but you're also a speaker. And I know you've given presentations that she podcast before yeah. and it just like all works together. And that's, that's awesome to hear that the publisher was like, Oh, she's a podcast. Yeah. And, and anyone, you know, for anyone who has a podcast, I spoke with another woman recently who has a pretty well-known, like well-read blog. And she said, Oh, definitely do your podcast first for your next project, your next book project, so that you can get a following with your podcast mm. and then start pitching agents with your book because you want to prove that there's an audience. Mm. So they're very powerful. I mean, people, yeah. you know, once you're in podcasting, it's just something you do. Like you're so comfortable with it, Haley, and I'm so comfortable with it, but we forget that a lot of people are not as familiar and to them, a podcast is really impressive. Scary. Yeah. Scary, yeah. impressive. Yeah. The big time. Yeah. No, that's awesome. What you do with your online community, like your Instagram, your, you have a very engaged Instagram and you have all of these fellow writers and people you've interviewed who really engage with your stuff and you engage with theirs. And I think that feeds into your marketing of like how, cause you know, your show notes are, you're a writer, incredible. So then you can <laughs> repurpose those into the captions for yes. the social media posts. But I really like what you do with your marketing because you focus on your podcast, but you also focus on like other parts where you do these reels that are so funny and like your personality <laughs> and like what you have going on. It's almost like a lifestyle brand. Oh, wow. That's so way. nice to hear. But it's like all works together. Do you want to talk about like your plan for marketing, like how you really decided yeah. how you were going to blend everything you do together? Yeah. And again, I want to say that I stumbled upon this. I'm not a mastermind. I didn't have some game plan. I sort of was like, who am I? What am I doing? And I was talking to someone recently about, you know, my presence, my website. And I said, I wonder if my photos on my website are a little too, uh, you know, very presentational and spokesperson-y. And they said, but that's your personality. Because I said, should I, should I maybe make them a little more, you know, serious writer pictures, right? Like, yeah. mm, I'm a writer. But she said, well, this is who you are, though. And so I think in the writing world, I'm really big. You know, I'm a loud mouth, big person who's extremely, who seems not shy at all, even though I have shy parts to myself. And in the podcasting world, I'm probably a little shyer, but I'm also like a, a more, maybe, maybe I have a little more nuance because I've got that writing background. So I feel like what I try to do on my Instagram is I'm juggling a bunch because I've, I've really been pushing my two podcasts that I most recently did with you. Let's mm -hmm. talk memoir and the body myth. So I need to right. 
put those out like every week, especially when we had a show a couple times a week. Then I would have maybe new book reviews and I'd have to put those out to show, look what I did, look what I did. So the first is like podcasts, like, look, you can listen to this. This is content that might enrich your life, which is why we do those graphic quote cards right. that we do photos just to try to get people to stop and listen or those audiograms, which you put together. Then I would have, hey, this is my book. This is who I am. Here's an old photo for me as a kid, my mom leaving for the guru or here's a new review. So people would remember I had the book. Then I might have um, supporting another writer. Look, you should really buy my friend's book or this is something I really want to talk about right over here. And then sometimes it's, I just went out with my friends. I'm a normal person who is having, you know, drinks with my friends. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I actually have found hard to juggle. You know, what am I trying to, what is my identity? What am I trying to do here? Why should people come to my Instagram? Right. And that's that's a work in progress. I mean, ideally, I'd like people to come to my Instagram if they want to feel inspired to write, if they want to feel inspired to love themselves and to know that they're OK. I have a very strong interest in protecting children. I write about, you know, how to raise children in a way that they feel acceptance. And so that's another part. So sometimes I feel like I'm juggling a lot and I need to figure out what is my thing, but I feel like it's all my thing. And it's, it's, I'm glad to hear from you that you feel it's working and it looks good, you know, because sometimes I'm yeah. like, wait, you know, when you write your little bio, I'm like, wait, yeah. what are my things there? Well, I do this and I do this and I, because I could actually bring out, like I could say, you know, I really need to bring out the editing or mm -hmm. the teaching because I'm going to be teaching a class in October, um, a memoir class. And so I need to start pulling that out more. You know, yeah. so I feel like I'm just shifting and, and kind of evolving on Instagram. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, your audience sees that. Like one thing about Instagram is you can post multiple times a day and still yeah. people won't see your stuff. No, it's true. And I heard, what is it that sometimes you might think you're bugging people mm -hmm. that you shouldn't keep posting. But I heard something like you have to post seven times sometimes for someone to even see something. Yeah. You know, I reposted an episode we did. Um, not long ago. And someone said, Oh, I can't wait to listen to this. And I thought, well, I had already posted this, but you yeah. didn't see it. So now you've seen it and you'll go listen. And actually I noticed because when I do that, then I see a bump in my WordPress stats for that episode. Mm -hmm. So people are going to my link tree and Instagram based on what I have posted and they're clicking and they're reading the stuff that I, that I have. Yeah. And that's really because you're consistent with everything. And even though you have all of these different passions that you're posting about, you're posting about them all consistently, not just one. Yes. Yes, it's true. And I did learn, yeah. I mean, some people post two or three times a day. And sometimes when I don't have something really substantial to put up, I'll, I will make a reel or I'll just like mm -hmm. repost a reel from before because I just want to kind of say, hey, I'm still alive. And actually, <laughs> when I when I recently posted my parenting articles, um, I got new followers like right off the bat and sometimes i will boost an ad i'll pay a little money not a ton but i'll boost an ad on instagram to get more audience and then this last one that i boosted about parenting i think i gained nine followers or something in two days now it'll it remains to be seen if i continue to engage them or not but yeah. that was a that was money well spent that was like nine dollars i'm not even right. kidding yeah. I so didn't go for the 30 buck spend i just was like all right two or three dollars a day we'll see what happens Totally, totally. And I mean, I really like how you repost your episodes because, you know, we put out episodes weekly. I know your last two uh, podcasts were limited series, so you don't currently have episodes coming out. So you have like the freedom to repost them, but 
just like you're saying, it boosts back up when you post them again. There's so many podcasters who I speak to who have like one of my clients, he's literally on episode like 140 or something. And that consistency is important, but also he posts two episodes a week. It's hard to repost what Mm. he's talked about in the past, you know? So sometimes Mm -hmm. we'll, we'll do different things, but yeah, I because love that strategy. Well, also, I feel like this way, th- look, you know, it's our time and our energy, right? Mm-hmm. If I haven't actually uh, quantified it yet, but think about the time it takes to secure a guest and to follow up with them. I haven't done this yet. I really probably should to see how much money it costs me or how much time it costs me to yeah. see how much value it has. Then you do the interview, then you edit it out, then you pick out the pull quotes like we do, then you post it, then you tap, you know, there's all these things. So why should I let those go to waste and just be in the, you know, in the, in the online world without pulling from them and letting people know I have these? Those are evergreen episodes. I mean, honestly, there's a couple of episodes I did, which were for COVID when COVID was first coming into our lives. Uh, and then everything changed. I did three COVID specials and I was really proud of those because I edited those all. I interviewed people across the world for those. That was like, I hustled because I wanted to be current and I'm yeah. really proud of those, but most of my stuff is not, it's, it's evergreen. People can listen to it forever, which is also what I like. Yeah, no, I love that too. I love that. I want to talk more about, you know, the way that, like you just said, you got all these new followers and now it's time to engage them. <laughs> and I think this is really where a lot of people do struggle. But, you know, just talking about these connections you had earlier where you were publishing your essays and your articles, and those are all connections you made. You never know who these people have connections to. No. And so super important to engage them. I want to talk about, you know, like how you engage your audience but then also like how you make these key connections yeah so i think that i I learned with some people that i became friends with on instagram that and and actually two of them i'm going to see tomorrow at a coffee shop one is coming from montana for to visit family here the other one lives south of us in seattle and they're both authors that i met on instagram and we've become friends and i'm going to meet them in person tomorrow morning so i've actually done and i'm meeting two friends i met on instagram in la when i go visit so that's like a tangible friendship and connection um i think that what i read and heard about was that sometimes you'll get a super fan you'll get someone who just really loves your stuff and they're always there. I have a couple of people who no matter what I post, they like it. They're always there. And I they don't seem to expect me to go back and follow them and like their stuff because I want to give them privacy, especially if those accounts are private. I'm a public account. So I just make sure to answer my direct messages anytime they come in. I'm really responsive that way. Same on Facebook. I'm always going to answer my direct messages right away. And if someone comments, this is fabulous or congratulations, like I just posted today that I'm going to be a speaker at She Podcast Live again. And a couple of people popped in to say that's fabulous. And I wrote right back because I'm grateful for that. I shouldn't take any of it for granted. Mm-hmm. People have so much to do in their lives and so i think that being being generous is really important and i think that goes across the board for anything i think you want to be genuine you don't want to say stuff you don't believe crap that you don't believe don't bullshit people they feel it find the part of you that is really grateful for the attention or for the fact that these people read your book and because of instagram i'm going to tell you several people decided to use my book as their book club 
book. And I got to do some, one in person and two virtual because of that. And in fact, I was a guest speaker at a university because someone found me on Instagram. So he wow. saw me posting and his friend was posting my stuff too. And that's how he knew I was a real person. He invited me to speak to his students who were studying fiction and nonfiction. And they all got my book. The bookstore got my book and I became a writer that they were studying, which is amazing, an amazing feeling. And he yeah. then talked to his, um, the people um, in charge about having me be a, a, an official visiting writer at that university. So you just don't even know. And I couldn't have predicted that. I mean, I was like, sure, of course I'll come to your class, but that's because I show up on Instagram all the time. And also, for example, I, I'm very, I'm fairly active in my writing communities on Facebook. I just try to pop in. I try not to just take all the time. I try really hard to pat other people on the back and to celebrate them. Even though it can be hard sometimes when you don't feel productive or when you don't have something coming out, it can feel like a little bit of an energy sap when you see other people being really productive and doing great. You can feel a little bad about yourself. If someone posts, I just had 100,000 downloads on this episode, you can feel a little like, oh my gosh, I'm so tiny. <laughs> but yeah. you know, you have to just like, why are you doing this? What's your why? Yep. And how do you want to be in the world? And And my brand, of course, is not some, I mean, I'm a little sassy, but I think my brand has to do with being kind of maternal and accepting and being a space to hear people and listen. So I have to show up that way too, always. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, the, well, those are incredible opportunities, certainly. Like, they yeah. just come to you because you're putting yourself out there and sharing what you do. Yeah, it's been it's been really great. And because of that, also, I got asked to be another like I've been asked to be a memoir coach or a memoir speaker for a couple of other people coming up this fall. And so it's been great. I think it does give you sort of some it makes people feel like, oh, this is a real person. This this person is doing stuff and is connected to other people I want to know. So, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, to start closing out this episode, this is how I end every episode. I would love for you to share three actionable tips that the listeners can start with today. And I'm really excited for yours because, <laughs> you know, you just have so much good advice and you've shared all of these incredible opportunities in this episode. So how could people be you, Roni? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, here's my very first one and I touched on it. Well, no, I didn't touch on this one yet. I really think you need to listen. So I, whether or not you are doing something like I'm doing where you're trying to create a space that's warm and inviting and it, you know, peaceful and helpful. I think that listening to the people that you're reaching out to or the people that you want something from or the people you're hoping will ask you to do something, I mean, really listen. So what that means is, and if you're doing a podcast interview, if you're an interview style show, this is really important. And it means you show up to the interview prepared, mm -hmm. but you have to actually listen. And so that means prepare to be derailed from what you were going to ask next yeah. prepare to be surprised be open to some quiet moments in between what they say and what you take in you don't have to panic you have your questions ready you're prepared but let what the people you're interacting with are saying really wash over you absorb it and then respond. So people can feel when you're really listening and you're actually reflecting on what they're saying. And that comes across as really genuine and that builds trust. So that's mm -hmm. something people can do starting today in the grocery store. 
I listen to people when they talk to me. I ask them how their day is, and then I actually listen to them when they tell me. And I think it makes a big difference in your own life too. Um, uh, here's another very actionable thing you can do right away. When you like something that someone posts, repost it, put it in your stories, tag them, share it. If someone writes an article you love, share it. If someone wrote a book you love, share it with your friends, share it on your feed, tag them. If someone is creating content on Instagram that you really like or that you envy or that you wish you could be like, share it, share it, share it. Unless it's a private account where you can't do that, share it and tag them, share it and tag them. Read their stuff, comment on their stuff. Not just because you wanna grab some followers, do it because you wanna get to know what they're doing better and because you love it. So new accounts will pop into your feed because of that. People will find you because of that and they'll like you for that because you're actually um, sharing their message too and it will come back to you. Um, I was going to say be generous, which, you know, that's a little hard to pin down. And I did say it in our interview. And I think that goes a little bit with the repost, but I would say that be reliable, which this is another thing. You know, I have had a couple of mistakes in the last, there were a couple of times when I forgot to confirm with someone the night before for an interview and the person was left wondering, is this happening or how's this happening? Now I always tell everyone when I confirm their interview, exactly what to expect. You know, this is going to be this kind of interview. This is what you need but you would just be surprised how many times people don't wear earphones or they don't understand that it's not on camera. You know, you just, people don't read their stuff. They've got yeah. so much, only a very few people. So I'd say on our end as producers of podcasts, as hosts, we need to be super reliable. So if you're gonna, if you're gonna do something like set up an appointment, make sure you follow up with everything they need, make sure you confirm it, make sure you thank them. And when it's done and all their stuff is ready and it goes live, send it to them, thank them, follow up with them, always tag them, just show them that you're a class act and be reliable that way. And you know, it's like walk the walk, talk the talk, mm -hmm. because I never want people to be worried about where they're supposed to be at what time and how, and then they're not going to be able to be open. They're going to be angry at me or frustrated with me because they were confused. You yeah. know what I mean? So everything I do, I think I'm working toward being dependable, being nurturing and being sort of a safe space. And so that's kind of where my tips come from. Yeah, no, those are awesome tips. I always say a prepared guest is a better guest and it only helps you out more, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. Because, I mean, I have had some weird interviews before. I don't know if you have, but I mean, oh, I have, you know, yeah. yeah, like especially with me, like if you reach out to people or people have reached out to me and said, you know, I'd really like to be on your show or we've connected. And, you know, sometimes you just know when it's not really going very well. And that yeah. happens rarely, but I definitely don't think they're going to go well if they're starting with an edge or defensive or irritated with me exactly exactly i've definitely had you know that's why i launched season two of my podcast i wanted to only interview like my friends my clients people yeah. i work with like people i genuinely have connections with because it's it to me so much more fun to interview people and get to know people more that I already know a little bit about. Well, it's also great to see this version, like we've been working together, but now I get to be your guest and see, mm -hmm. you know, what kind of content you're putting out and what you're doing with your clients. And I love that kind of back and forth. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like when you asked me, I was thrilled. I was like, oh, great. I get to be a guest on Haley's podcast. Like I'm so excited about that. And why shouldn't we keep this little circle of, you know, promotion and, branding and product going and it's it that sounds very material but it's also about energy and just mm -hmm. you know gratitude and giving back reciprocal it's reciprocal 
exactly exactly well Roni, where can people find you Okay. Um, I have wisened up and everything is under my name. So I used to have different names and, you know, um, places and websites, but it's just Ronit Plank. So R-O-N-I-T-P-L-A-N-K.com, my podcast, my books, my, my, everything I write is there. And then you can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ronit Plank. Super easy. And LinkedIn. Awesome. Perfect. I'll link those all in the show notes. I just got a new website too. And I, we have the, so I connected you with Joshua who who does your website. He created my new website. And so (gasps) I have to go see it. It is all a circle here. (laughs) The three of us really people, right? Yes. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Is there anything else you want to tell anything else you want to share before we I guess I would say I would say if you want to do any creative pursuit Mm -hmm. you're always going to have some second thoughts or fear but that doesn't mean that they're accurate that's just because you care and you're worried about it and you want to do a good job but you have to leap you have to take the leap and then you'll create things and the idea of creating something that wasn't there before is just a, a magnificent thing and that's why I like to write and that's why I like to teach and that's why I like to podcast Oh, I like that concept. That's really cool. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Employee to Boss podcast. If you made it to the end of this episode, I hope that you implement the actionable steps from this week's experts so you can get started with your business today. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the Employee to Boss podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps more than you could ever imagine. Remember, a little progress each day leads to big results. We come out with a new episode every Tuesday. To access our show notes, transcripts, and courses, please check out EspressoPodcastProduction.com.